Okay, people, we are here. It is this week's Echo Chamber coming at you. And as we do, people, we're going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 6th to the 8th of May. Okay, so at number 10, we looked at this a few weeks ago. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent, the new ridiculous joint from Nicolas Cage, which is fun as hell. So if you haven't seen it, highly recommend. So Tom Gormican, he directs and he co-writes with Kevin Etan. So along with Cage, we've got Pat, Pedro Pascal, Jacob Scipio, Lil Mo Sheen. Yeah, this is pretty good. Pretty great. You know what I mean? At number nine is Turner Dot. Um, it's a, an opera, a Met Opera presentation. One of those, you know what I mean, event things that you can go cinema and check. So, yeah, if you're into opera and that kind of jazz, that could be for you people. So, number eight, we have got Operation Mincemeat. This is from John Madden. It is adapted from Ben McIntyre's book by Michelle Ashford, starring Colin Firth, Matthew McFadden, Kelly MacDonald, Rufus Wright, Ruby Bentall, and crew. So that means number seven is Robert Eggers' The Northman. Now, I heard that this isn't doing that well in the cinema, which seems crazy because it looks fire. I haven't got round to it yet, but I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it at some point soon, people, for real. Now, Eggers co-write with Sejon. is starring Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Cleese Bang, Ethan Hawke, Anna Taylor-Joy, Gustav Lundt, Elliot Ross, William Dafoe, it's a tight cast, man. So number six, we have got the bad guys. This is from Pierre Pithil. It is uh, a, another book adaptation, right? Aaron Blibby's book, adapted by Ethan Cohen and Yoni Brenner. We've got Sam Rockwell, Mark Marin, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, Anthony uh, Ramos, um, Richard Akayedo, Zazie Beats, Lily Singh, all throwing their voices into the mix, which means out to the top five is looking like this. At number five, people, David Yates. It is a fantastic beasts to search for Dumbledore. So J.K. Rowling and Steve Close hook the script up. We got Mads Mickelson, Ezra Miller, Catherine Waterstone, Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne. You know what I mean? The crew is back. So our fourth film, The Lost City, starring Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, Divine Joy Randolph, Brad Pitt, Oscar Nunez. You know what I mean? 
It is directed by the Knee Brothers, Aaron and Adam. Adam co-writes with Dana Fox and Oren Uziel. So, our top three. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is the third top film this week. Jeff Fowler, written by John Whittingham, Josh Miller, Pat Casey, Ben Swartz, Idris Elba, Colin O'Shaughnessy, Jim Carrey, James Madsen, Tiki Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Shamir Moore. There's a lot of peoples up in the mix. So number two, Julian Fellows. He, um, you know, he created it. He co he wrote the script. Michael Engler handled the uh, direction. I'm talking at Downton Abbey 2, Geriatrics Abroad. <laughs> we got Matthew Good, Tuppence Middleton, Maggie Smith, Michelle Dockery, Elizabeth McGowan. You know what I mean? Those Downton peoples. So our number one film of the week, of course, people, it's that multiverse of madness. It's Doctor Strange 2. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to see it this weekend, but, you know what I mean? When a friend goes and gets, you know what I mean, his chick pregnant, you know what I mean? you got to give him a bite. So, probably next week, we're going to check this one out. But, yeah, Doctor Strange, directed by Sam Ramy, Michael Waldron, and the script, starring Benedict Bunderbunch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chetwell Ejitu, Benedict Wong, um, Rachel McAdams, you know what I mean? Yeah, it looks tight, looks tight. So, um, yeah, people, that is that, all right? So, um, just a couple of films this week, a little bit of info on the Odyssey coming up, and then we're getting into it, people. So, let's fucking go. Okay, people, if you like a film festival, then this is something that could very well pique your interest, okay? Because Odyssey, a Chinese cinema season, is launching in the UK this May. Collaborating with Picturehouse Cinemas, the Prince Charles Cinema, and Shift 72 for your online streaming, the festival will create a hybrid experience to reach as many attendees as possible across the UK and worldwide. Named after one of the most significant works of the Western canon, Odyssey aims to offer an exciting and mysterious journey through the contemporary Sino cinematic world. Odyssey strives to empower the shared appreciation of cinema, drive inclusiveness in the film industry, and facilitate cross cultural communication. The festival will not only introduce the latest young Chinese film talents to the UK audience, but also host panels with industry experts, scholars, and filmmakers to boost creativity and exchange ideas. The curation of Odyssey revolves around diverse themes and genres. The screenings range from short films and features 
to new moving images by contemporary Chinese artists, demonstrating a pioneering and artistic spirit. Short film programs like Shanghai Animation Film Studio Retro attempt to break the boundaries between narrative and aesthetics and reimagine cinematography and visual art dimensions. In the feature film section, topics like Women Through Lens and Chinese regional cinema showcase the dynamics of Chinese society, culture, and aesthetics. All screenings will include a series of Q&As prepared by the curation team and special guests, including filmmakers, academics, curators, and critics. Industry-focused panels were the festival's highlights last year, which have attracted over 500 participants. Now in its second year, rebranded Odyssey has prepared another 10 new industry topics, from global, global sustainability to new business models, from co-production to distribution, from regional cinemas to female film programmers. All subjects are the leading visions and will help explore film-related collaborations between UK and Greater China. The opening film screening event will be hosted in person by the Picturehouse Cinemas in London and Edinburgh on the 10th of May with a reception. The festival programme will bring about a whole month of Chinese cinema from the 10th of May to the 10th of June 2022, with more than 60 films in eight curated sections, 10 panel discussions and Q&A sessions. Outstanding, innovative and inspiring. These films promise to add some sparkle to 2022. Most of the program will be available online for all audiences across the country. And several prop-up special cinema screenings will come up throughout the festival. The online festival platform of Odyssey will be powered by Shift72, a leading streaming technology that has been used by renowned international festivals such as Cannes and Toronto. Okay, so our film program, right? A little bit of overview. The opening film will be Hard Love. This is a UK premiere. The opening film, Hard Love, centers on the wave of single girls. It discusses social hotspots like love, marriage, family, work, and childbirth, which today's youth are most concerned about spanning eight cities, including Shanghai, Beijing, Xi'an, San Francisco, and Phuquai Island. This documentary offers a group portrait of Chinese single women within a de delicately designed 97 minutes. Modern single women are also a heated topic for young people in the UK. Based on this mutual concern, this opening film shall go beyond the national boundary and bring audiences together. So that will be playing at 7.30 on the 10th at Picturehouse Fulham.
Okay, so you've got pop-up special cinemas. Um, with these, we'll have films like Lan Yu, a classic that has come through the decades of critics. Lan Yu is one of the best gay films that China has ever produced. The film is not driven by homosexuality. It is a story about love. Its storytelling captures the arc of two souls and the visodicity of Beijing over a decade. This 20th anniversary 4K restoration version brings its 90s tonality to life to the fullest. That will be playing on the 12th at the Prince Charles Cinema. Uh, then there's River of Salvation. This is a UK premiere. First's favourite uh, River of Salvation unfolds a down-to-earth portrait of life in a small town in southern China with a meticulous, meticulous narrative. Ugh narrative structure and its last six minutes reversal the script draws enormous emotional power from the deeply buried history of millions of ordinary women and their everyday struggles this plays on the 17th of may 7 30 at picture house Fintry park there's going to be some short films playing such as neo horizon Right, the festival has curated this screening and award category called Near Horizon. The audience award, our audience will have the opportunity to review and select films which will be nominated for this award. The curation team of Odyssey have selected six outstanding short films from all 123 submissions for this award. These refreshing and reflective films explore a vast range of critical issues facing our society today and transport viewers explore the unique relationship between place, city and an individual in a mysterious cinematic world. Right, there's an exploration. This section consists of 29 award-winning short films, highlights the different genres, themes, and aesthetics of 20th century China's cinema. Ranging from atmospheric shorts to incisive documentaries, this section begins with a slice of contemporary Chinese sci-fi before delving into musical productions in inventive animations, and the comedy drama, dramas about cross-cultural misunderstandings. The section features a schoolgirl with a genius IQ, a drummer who finds inspiration in an ancient bathhouse, and a hard-of-hearing boy desperate to pursue his dancing dreams. The directors defy tackle, deftly tackle serious social issues, including sex trafficking, and the SARS outbreak, alongside subtle character studies. There's the Galaxy Artist's Moving Image. This is a must-watch experimental film program spotlighting innovations in the moving image. 
breaking the boundaries between film, text, and art creation. These films roam in their own artistic galaxy and are all the cutting edge of Chinese experimental cinemas. The abstract concepts that drive the galaxy are no less exciting as the creators channel questions of cognition and perception through images of war, blindness, and light itself. These selected moving images represent the thrilling point of which film and visual art meet, creating a groundbreaking medium for euphorical expression. And then there will be Shanghai Animation Film Studio Retro. This retrospective program is in itself second edition, supported by Shanghai Animation Film Studio. This section will be screened online from the 20th to the 26th of May by looking back at classic Chinese animation, such as Little Carp Jumps Over the Dragon Gate and The Little Stream from the 1960s, Nine Colored Deer and the Dev Deer's Bell from the 1980s, now in 2K Restoration, this section offers UK audiences the opportunity to enjoy animated films in different eras and art styles while learning about the history of Chinese animation. There will also be um, feature films on, uh, online. So the emerging waves. Right? This section pays special attention to the new generation's of independent art house and documentary productions from the 12th of May to the 19th of May. Six innovative and inspiring films will be shown in this section in offline and online formats. Lan Yu 4K Restoration, which is one of the best gay films that China have ever produced, will be shown on the 12th of May. Another award-winning title, River of Salvation, will be shown on the 14th. Apart from these special offline screenings, four additional films will be shown online via Shift 72 from the 13th of May. Being Mortal reproduces the bitterness of life by depicting an Alzheimer's patient's family. The fourth wall creatively uses the parallel universe as a narrative technique to discuss how to reconcile which family with family society and ourselves black tide coast follows a poetic style aiming to depict abstract emotions ideas and feelings beyond the control of images and the arc utilizes documentary images to recall the complicated relationships between individuals and society, science, and religion. Women Through the Lens. This section focuses on women's life experiences, which will be screened online from the 27th of May to the 2nd of June. This section currently consists of seven films. Wind Expresses the Plight 
of single mothers and daughters from ethnic minorities in a patriarchal society. Lum Conquers All shows an ambivalent, intimate relationship that can conquer as well destroy everything. Springtide portrays a mother-daughter relationship of two generations in which both warmth and confirmation are intertwined. One summer, through the eyes of the protagonists, to reflect many social issues arising in China today, including marriage, education, urban development, and the political system. And finally, Chang Yi draws on the classic Chinese myth of Chang's Chang Yi running to the moon to create an iconic and compassionate mirror metaphor between the unearthly fairy and the exhausted 55-year-old factory worker. Only You Alone takes us on a journey through the struggles of a young girl with epilepsy, trying to realize her dream of dancing. We are also honored to have Ji Fei's Girl from Human with us, which is a pioneering work from the 1980s that reflects on on and critiques the tragic situation of women trapped in feudal traditional marriages. So, people, as you can see, there is a lot happening. But, as mentioned, there are also discussion panels. So, the panel one, Twin Flame, the reception of British cinema among a Chinese audience. Um, Panel two, virtual production and potential impact on film co-production. Panel three, women's practice in the contemporary Chinese film industry, female film programmers on the rise. Panel four, potentials and obstacles for British cinema showcase in China. Panel five, Chinese original cinema. Panel six, global sustainability as a storytelling strategy for non-Hollywood films. Panel seven, future development of Chinese animation industry and international collaboration. Panel eight, an investigation into current press coverages of Chinese language films in the UK. Panel nine, New business ideas and models for UK-China film collaborations. And panel 10, new distribution strategies for Chinese films in the UK. So, there is a lot going down at Odyssey, people. And it all starts on the 10th of May. So, this isn't one to be missed, right? Now... We've got all the links and information in the episode in info, you know, as we do. So make sure you go check it out because, you know, do you really want to miss a month-long extravaganza like Odyssey? Oh, 
Okay, people, so let's start off with the first of our two Netflix joints. It is the new film starring Rebel Wilson. It is Senior Year. Okay, so, um, yeah, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to check it out, but I decided to give Senior Year a looky look. Right, this is um, Canava, Arthur Pielli, and Brandon Scott Jones. Um, it does say a, an original story, <laughs> but it's not really an original story. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no shade, but is not really an original story. You're going to say a story by, right? But, I mean, it is a play on old films, essentially. You know what I mean? But, yes. Anyway, they created the piece, right? The film is produced by Chris Bender, Timothy M. Bourne, Todd Garner, Jeremy Stein, um, oh, no, um, uh, Todd Gardner and Rebel Wilson, Jeremy Stein, Jake Wagner and Jake Wiener all executive produced the film. Music is from Jermaine Stagel. Cinematography is Marco Fargonoli. Uh, it's edited by Sarah Lucky. Rich Delia handled the casting. Production design is David Sanderfur. Andrew White was on art direction. Set decoration is Cara Price. Costumes as Salvador Perez Jr. You know what I mean? And our cast. Well, people, we have got Ribbon. Ribbon. Rebel Wilson as Stephanie Conway. Angora Rice played the younger version of Stephanie. Um, we've got one of her best friends, Martha, played by Mary Holland. And Molly Brown played the younger Martha. Martha Riser. We have Seth Novelecki. Played by Sam Richardson. The younger Seth is played by Zaire Adams. There is Tiffany, played by Zoe Chow. The younger Tiffany is played by Anna E. Pook. Um, Blaine, Justin Hartley. Younger Blaine is played by Tyler Barnhart. Um, now, Blaine, uh, Tiffany and Blaine have a daughter called Brie, Brie played by uh, Jade Bender. Um, we've got Chris Parnell as Jim, Stephanie's dad. Um, now, Stephanie's new friends at school are Janet, played by Avantika and Yaz, played by Joshua Cooley. There's 
Um, Neil played by Jeremy Ray Taylor. Uh, Bree's boyfriend is Lance, played by Michael Kimino. Um, the guidance counselor, I think it is, Mr. T, is played by Brandon Scott Jones. Um, the original dean at school with the early lot is Dean Jean Johnson, played by Tiffany Denise Hobbs. Um, oh, Stephanie's mum, Lydia. We see her in flashback. She's played by Lucy Taylor. Um, do, 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 do. That's pretty much it. I think, oh, Janet's dad is played by V. Bacta. Um... And we've got Diana Russo, who is actually played by Alicia Silverstone. Didn't recognize her. Yeah, didn't recognize her. Um, the younger uh, the, Diana is played by Elisa May Clark. And her husband is played by Daryl Snedger. Yeah. I mean, that's how you say it. Okay. So the gist of the story is this. Um, we start off in 2002. And, well, I mean, we don't. We actually start off in present day with a little video. But we essentially the story, you know, then jumps to 2002. And we follow Stephanie, the most popular girl in her high school. She's the captain of the cheerleading squad, dating the quarterback, and is well on her way to becoming the prom queen. Girls want to be her, and guys want to be with her. She has it all until she fails, until she falls off the top of the cheerleading pyramid and goes into a coma. Um, fast forward 20 years later, and... She finally wakes up from her coma as a 37-year-old woman. She goes back to her high school and tries to assume her role as a star of her school. Most of all, she is still set on winning the crown as prom queen. Now, it says she falls off the top of the cheerleading pyramid. Doesn't essentially fall, right? She, she's tossed into the air and people don't catch her. Right, so yeah, that's the that's kind of the film, right? Now, obviously, right, this is playing on things like never been kissed, um, she's all that. Uh, I mean, there's a host of these films, right? Like, you know, the, the, the older kid going back to school, I mean, Billy Madison, right. Older, older person going back to school, trying to reclaim that youth, or the the geek being made into you know the desirable person, like ah. And I think, look, if you enjoy those sorts of films, this may work for you, right? Because. The, 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 there's there's parts of the film that are decent on their own, 
it's as a complete piece. That's when this gets a little bit is it, clunky. Isn't the word, but we we follow this train of thought that doesn't necessarily seem to make sense, right? Now, the thing that you always find with these sorts of films, and I mean, we definitely did back in the day. Maybe the they've tried to change it up a little bit going forward, but I don't think they have, right? Because they take someone who is attractive, right? Someone who isn't like ugly or plain or just different, you know what I mean? Because everyone's got a different taste, so you know, what I mean, like whoever they put on. I mean, people are going to find them attractive or or not, right? That's the jazz. But, I mean, there's people you could put on that you're going to kind of feel for more, right? You put some people and you'd be like, they're, they're talking all of this about being outcasts and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, but why would they be? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily make sense. And so that's the big thing, right? Because we have this girl and she's like, oh, yeah, no one likes me. Oh, everyone thinks I'm ugly. And you're just like, really? <laughs> like, really? And then the whole, I decided to do this. And that's what happened. You're like, okay. Right? Just like that. Boom. You know what I mean? Everything, it, it, like, happens mad quick you know what i mean that that's the one crazy thing about this film it's just like i wanted to be popular and i became popular right i wanted this and that's what happened you know you get these crazy turns you know with no advert no real adversity right no pushback on an idea or a concept you know what I mean? it's like we have characters fall out, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Oh, don't worry, I'll forgive you. You know what I mean? And then it's all golden again. And you're like, yo, what? You had motherfuckers storm off like shit was done. And then they're just a, oh, I'm so sorry. And then it's just like, oh, forgive you. You know what I mean? It's just like, what are you doing? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's mad simplistic. One thing that I thought was kind of weird, in the beginning, right, when we see this cheer squad, I mean, there's one ethnic motherfucker on that team. You know what I mean? Or, but then when we show the school, school's super diverse, right? Then when we jump the 20 years... The cheer squad is only made up of ethnic motherfuckers, essentially, right? And it, and now it's lame, and you're just like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, you're telling me all these motherfuckers join, and then it's going to get super... Fuck no, right? It, it's just some stupid-ass thing, and you're just like, yo, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Right, the the gay characters in the film super gay, right? Which listen, 
it's like gay characters in a film, it, it's not an issue, it's not a thing. But I kind of always think you go mad stereotypical with your gay characters all the time. You know what I mean? There's never just a, a, a character and they're just like, hey, so I'm just, it's just like, oh, hello. You know what I mean? Just wearing like dresses and funky shit and just all of that jazz. And it's just like, all right, yeah, there's people that will do that, but there's also people that don't. But you only ever show one type of gay, right? It, it's... It must be mad frustrating for gay people when they see shit like this, because it's just like, wait, I'm meant to be that? Right, so you're saying that's who I have to be. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the insane thing, right? They, they want to be mad inclusive and all of this shit, but they, they only show you one type of person, which is really just a little shitty. You feel me? It's a little shitty. But, hey, I don't know, man. That That's just my point of view. You may think something completely different. It's golden, man. We're allowed to do that shit. You feel me? But, yeah, so that's the thing. The film's full of all of these things. And we have... Because Shorty goes into this coma at 17. Kind of thing. Yeah, 17 inch young. Don't get me wrong, it's just, you definitely haven't developed. Your mind is still fucking growing. Your body's still growing. You know, they them be facts. But you're not an ignorant person, right? There's shit that you know, right? Wrongs and rights and just all of that. You do have an understanding of that come that age. But the way Stephanie is depicted, like, she's a dum-dum. You know what I mean? We have a wake up from the coma. And firstly, right, if you've been in a coma for 20 years, your body going to be a shit show, right? Because you ain't done any exercise. There's going to be mad atrophy, right? Now, they have a fall over one time. But sure, you should have been in a wheelchair for a while. You know what I mean? It's just a little crazy. But, yeah, they have her with all of these thoughts and, and just the way she's acting. And it's just mad dumb. And it's just like, all right, you, yeah, you might be stuck in the past with some things. But there's, there's these, all of this other shit that you would know. Right? Like, you, you know, you'd know not to be shitty to your friends, right? There, there's all this stuff that you would know. Also, you're telling me she didn't look at one of those cards. She didn't read one of those cards. I kind of feel that's some BS. You know what I mean? Kind of feel that's some BS, right? Yeah, there's just, I don't know. Oh, I will say, we have a dance routine. At one point, where you go, how did they know the routine? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They're not going to know the routine. The other thing, listen, this isn't, it, it's just, you know, just the, the, the shit that goes around in my head, man. But 
you you've you've got Stephanie wanting to be prom queen, right? You're telling me got this big ass school, right? They I mean they Martha at one point says there's 300 people signing out to school, right? You're telling me that no one else, no other girl in that school is like, actually, I want to be prom queen. You know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, why would, because remember, Shuri's only there for a month, right? Now, it's not to say people are going to hate you, but people ain't going to know you in that period of time. You know what I mean? So why the fuck is everyone going to be like, you know what? Yeah, we were Stephanie. No, 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 Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Don't make no sense, right? Also, uh, one video trends and suddenly everyone wants to sponsor her? Like... They they are making these huge sweeping statements that you're just like, that's not a thing. That wouldn't happen. That's mad random, right? Yeah, there's just all of this stuff that's going down in the film, and you're just like, hmm. Like, they do try and force some shit. I mean, like, these woke. Like, you know, being like, oh, that's woke. Oh, we can't say this word. Oh, social media is this. Ba 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 ba. You know what I mean? They do really shoehorn that shit in, which I'm just like, yeah, it's clunky, man. You, di you didn't need to do that. Didn't need to do it. You know what I mean? But as I said, look, if you enjoy. I mean, the, the high school musical stuff and, you know what I mean, that kind of jazz, then maybe senior year is going to be for you. You know what I mean? Maybe it's going to be for you. Yeah. Is, is it like, mm, you know, I, I, it didn't really kind of work for me, right? I mean, like, you've got all the Pitch Perfect films. I mean, the first one being the one. The other two, I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't see the third because I hated the second so much. <laughs> but, we, but there are these films, right? Super bad. There's these great ones. Juno. There's great some great high school films. As I say, look, Billy Madison, right? Never been kissed. That's fun. So I think there's other options, you know what I mean? But, boom, it's there if you're a rebel. Now, the, I will say, acting-wise, everyone did their thing, you know what I mean? Everyone did their thing. It was fine, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just... Everyone's a puddle, right? There was no oceans up in here. I'm basically... I'm just saying there was no depth to any of the characters, you know, which is a shame. And we know Sam Richardson can kill it when you think about, you know, his character in After Party, right? Because After Party does the, the high school, well, it's a high school reunion, but we see them, you know, also flashbacks in high school and just all of that. And we see it done to a certain level, you know? 
But hey, look, it's there. You may enjoy it. These people, these are just my motherfucking fools. You know what I mean? And if you've been riding, you understand what I'm saying, all right? But yeah, senior year, it is now on Netflix. Okay, people, so let's bring it home with a new sports documentary. It is The Wall Climb for Gold. Okay, so I, you know, <coughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> so I watched The Wall, right? The Climb for Gold. It's a, um, a new documentary on Netflix that follows four female climbers as they head to the Olympics. Because, you know, the last Olympics was the first to have rock climbing. You know what I mean? Which is, it was pretty huge, right? So there was this, I just this buzz. A few of my friends climb, I've climbed, you know? And so, yeah, it was like, yo, this is pretty, pretty cool, right? Um... Now, it does kind of seem that the documentary come out a little late, you know what I mean? But, you know, I was like, all right, let's 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 give it a look. So it's directed by Nick Hardy. He um, produced it. Uh, it's executive produced by Dan Kendall and Evie Efu, line producers. Music is from Nanita Desi. Um, Hardy also handles the cinematography. It's edited by Emily West. Um, sound is Rick Bliving. Um, you've also got, you know, Tom Robson add some music. Uh, there's Claire Winter, Alex Rositer, Ellis Fordsham. Andreas Del Cano, and Gwyn Williams, they all, you know, did bits and bobs around, and yeah, the, the four climbers we follow, Sean Cozy, Janja Garnbrandt, Niho Nonakata, and Brooke Rabatui. Right, so the gist of the piece is this, a uniquely emotional documentary feature film that will touch the heart of audiences around the world. Four female climbers face the sporting challenge of a lifetime as they attempt to compete in the first ever Olympic climbing competition at the Tokyo 2020, 2021 Olympics. The wall, the climb for gold follows four elite climbers, Janja Garbrandt, Sean Cozy, Brooke Rabatui, and Miho Nanaka. Over an extraordinary two years, they battle through the Olympic qualifying events to earn their place at Tokyo, then face a grueling season of competition and training that sees everything put on hold when COVID forces the games to be postponed. As the young women confront their own mental and physical demons en route to Tokyo, the film reveals an astonishing, inspiring insight into what it takes to be an Olympian and ultimately what it means to be 
Ugh. I know for me what it means to be human. Fuck off with that bit. Right? Sometimes with these, they, they put in just unnecessary information and, and just bullshit. That, people, was unnecessary. Right? What it takes to be an Olympian. Boom. End it there. But the, the, and what it means to be fuck off. Oh, it's so ridiculous. And I will say, that was one thing about this documentary, right? It starts off with some ridiculous bullshit, right? And just the little clip that they kind of cut, you know, when you hover over something on Netflix and it plays a little blah, blah, blah. Little clip is bullshit, right? So at the beginning, I was like, is this going to be bullshit? You know what I mean? But listen, I was some great motherfucking climbing documentaries. You know what I mean? The Dawn Wall, right? Obviously. Um, fuck, what's the other one called? Oy, can't remember the other one called with that other dude. Is it Alex something? I forget. But there's that one. And then 14 fucking peaks, right? 14 fucking peaks. So you watch these ones that are really good. And then, you know, this one. And so it's just like, is this going to cut it? And there's one bit at the beginning. And it's just like, you climb with your heart. And it's just like, fuck off. (laughs) You you do not. (laughs) You do not climb with your heart. You can love climbing for sure. But. You're climbing with that mental strength because when you get to a point and you just, I don't know if I can fucking do this bit. I don't know if I can do this bit. Or if you've fallen off a route again and again and again, it's getting back on there. It's getting back on there and then pushing through. So climbing with your mind, you can say it's climbing with your mind, right? It's climbing with your self-belief. Fuck climbing with your fucking heart. But that might just be me. (laughs) But you know what I mean? So there's some goofy shit at the start. But, but it does really, man, it does really get you. Ain't gonna lie, really get you. And, And so we're following these four young ladies. It's, um, I mean, they do introduce Miho kind of late, right? I kind of feel we've already, we're already on the others free, and then suddenly Miho gets a mention, and it's just like, yeah, it's a little bit uneven in that respect, you know what I mean? Um, but we, yeah, we get this insight into them, which is really interesting. I thought that was handled well, you know what I mean? Like a little, you know, how they started and just all of this stuff. Sometimes, you know what I mean? I think sometimes you feel that shit could be pushed. Like when Brooke is talking, because Brooke's parents both climbed, right? So I think the the question for Brooke would have been, you say you love it, right? But how much of that is because you want to follow in your parents' footsteps? 
You know what I mean? Like, if your parents didn't climb, would you still be having this desire to do it? You know, but she does mention at one point that, oh, yeah, sometimes it feels a bit of a burden because I can't study or I can't do the other things, right? So it's just like, how much of this is because your parents do it, right? And you're trying to live in that legacy, right? But I think as it goes on, we can see her realize her ability more. But yeah, I, I think there's times when certain questions could have been pushed, right? Because all there's obviously these questions are being asked these girls, right? They, 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 we have them talking and stuff like that, but it's all edited up. So, you know what I mean? There, there's things that could be asked. So I, I would say there is that. You know, there, there is this insight that I think it would be interesting to get. Like, Shauna has surgery, and the surgeon is like, oh, I don't know if she can make it to the Olympics. There might not be enough time. So when the pandemic hits, boom, you've just got yourself an extra year. So, it, you know what I mean? You would have thought, yo, let's talk to them about that. Be like, yo, how's it going? How much do you think this extra year will now give you to be able to do your goal? You know what I mean? There's things that I just thought, ah, they kind of dropped the ball on that shit. You know what I mean? But as I said, we, we do get this insight into them. So you are with them, right? When we see them in these competitions, you are like, yo, how sure are you going to do, right? Which is, you know, that's a big thing. Because there's other, there's things that you can watch sometimes and you'd be like, eh, I mean, eh, who cares, right? But this, you know, you are, you are with all of these girls as, as they're on their climbs and they're doing things. I mean, we see them do the Olympic trials, which is the World Cup. And there does seem to be a lot of World Cups, which is just like, whoa, 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 whoa. How the fuck is there more than one World Cup? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think you don't you don't really know what the qualifying the qualifying process is because it's just like oh if they finish well in this one they get to the Olympics but it's like oh is this it is this the only chance right or are there other opportunities to qualify because with athletics right there's the Olympic trials with some countries but then. Other times it's, oh, you have these other events like the Diamond League and all of these things where if you if you do well, this would mean you could get to the Olympics, right? So there's these other opportunities. But they don't really make that clear if this is it, right? This is the one. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think there's that. Uh, it is like... Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really interesting um, how they do it. And, man, you, you are, you, you can see, like, the struggle that they're going through and the doubt and just all of this, which is really good, really good. You do realise the commentary at 
these things is so trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yo, what the fuck are you saying, you dumb motherfucker? Like, one minute he's just like, sure, she's heavy metal climbing. And he's just like, what, what the fuck are you saying, dumb dumb? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> now, with the events, it is weird the way they display the information because they'll go, um, Janja, fifth. Miho seventh, bro, and you're like, oh, okay, but what about the other girls, right? What about the person in first or second, or like, show a leaderboard but highlight their names or make their names bigger, but they kind of did dirty on the other athletes, like when they showed the Olympics, they didn't show who got bronze. And it was just like, yo, what the fuck? That's some dirty shit, right? Because it's the first Olympics. And yes, you're following these girls, but give the other people a little shine. It's not like you have to focus on them, but you can say their fucking name. What? What? Because this is the thing, right? It, you saw the camaraderie because when we're focusing on Brooke and at the competition and with Brooke's parents and they're watching her and then Janja climbs or Shauna climbs, here her parents be like, oh yeah, that was a great climb from Janja. Oh, Sean is really, oh man, Sean is really good. And that was great, right? Because it's just like, it's not that, uh, yeah. Fuck those other people. You know what I mean? It was just like everyone's kind of rooting for each other in a way. So you, you saw that aspect of it. And that's that's great, right? That that's the kind of thing you want to see. Because everyone's working hard. You know what I mean? Regardless of everyone's working their fucking. It's gonna say they're working their nuts off, but mm, it's not really, yeah, it doesn't really work, right? <laughs> it doesn't really work with this, but you know what I mean? If it's working to achieve this dream, so yeah, that is is a nice thing to see. So that's what made it even weirder when you're not referencing who won that round of the trials or who finished fucking third in the Olympics. It's just like, what are we doing here? It's, it's kind of weird. I I hated the music. The music, like, not the music, you know, as a piece, but these musical beds under people talking. It was just like, just stop it. Stop it, you fucking idiots. It was, it, we just didn't need it. Right, there's enough emotion just in everything that we're watching. Like, chill. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's a crazy thing. Sometimes with these things, it's just like, where's the nuance on that? Right? We can see great camera work and all of this, good cinematography, but then they go mad heavy-handed in one area. So that's a shame. And when you're giving the dates, you know, it's like March 2020 or, or anything like that. Why does it have to be a little blurb in the corner, right? The bottom left corner of the screen. It's just like, you, you can make it bigger. Because there's nothing, literally, there was nothing really on the screen. You know, it's not like we're watching a climb or anything like that. So 
Put it across the fucking middle. Make it bigger. Why, why have this tiny fucking bug? You know? Yeah, it was kind of stupid. At the end, they do a kind of a catch up with all the climbers, which kind of felt mad media, mad PR. You know what I mean? It didn't feel necessarily like the 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 reality, the honest thoughts of everything. But it was a little nice touch to add that. So I, look, there are issues with this. But it, 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 it does really key into the emotions when you're watching the climbs and everything like that. So I would say for sure, if you like rock climbing, if you like sports documentaries, the wall um, climb for gold, it's decent, man. It's definitely decent. It's an hour, just over an hour and a half. So it's not crazy long. So yeah, it's on Netflix, people. So um, there you go. Okay, people, so we've reached that time again. And before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. So we had Godzilla v Kong. Right, that was um, yeah, that was that the first year of the lockdown, or was that like I forget anyway? Adam Wingard is coming back for um, the next joint, right? And uh, yeah, he's already um, cast the first person for the film, and that will be uh, Dan Stevens, you know, they worked together in the past, and yeah. They're working together again. No, um, no word on when, you know what I mean? I mean, mm, they're going to shoot this year, supposedly. But no uh, date on when they're looking to release it. Or, um, you know, who else might be in it. But, you know, we'll see what happens on that front. Right, right? Okay, some other news, people. Uh, Susan Sarandon and Bette Midler will be teaming up with Megan Mullally. Uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, they're going to be in Jocelyn Morehouse's new film, The Fabulous Four. So it's written by Jenna Milley and Anne-Marie Allison. Um, so Sarah Sarandon and Malley play two lifelong friends who travel to Key West to be bridesmaids in a surprise wedding of college girlfriend played by Midler. Um, yeah, sisterhoods are rekindled, the past rises up, and sparks, drinks, and romance fly. So, yeah, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know what I mean, the typical kind of fair in, uh, you know what I mean, a wedding type film, right? So, um, we've had 
the crazy Nicolas Cage films. And it looks like Ice Cube is looking to get in on that as he will be starring in Cube in My Head. Right? So, um, basically, supposedly, it follows a hapless white guy who, after getting into an accident, starts seeing Ice Cube in his head with the, um, yeah, where Cube then starts to help him get his life back on track. Hmm. Now, if he's seen Cube in his head, certain things are going to get said. And that ain't going to get said in this film, you feel me? So, uh, yeah. I don't know, people. I don't know. Uh, hmm. Um. So, Martha Steph has a new film. Uh, she's going to be directing a Big Rig, right? Written by Ryan Bin Binaco, right? Um, yeah, it's produced by Kelsey Law, Claude DeFara, and Brian Keedy. Right, um, and it's starring Vanessa Hodge, 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 Hodgins, Hodgins, Vanessa Hodgins. Yeah, that's who it's starring. Okay, so, um, yeah, she's going to be playing a young mother who finds her freedom and herself on the open road as a big rig truck driver. As she makes new friends and racks up the miles, she finds her home life harder to return to. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? She's uh, laying it down in the, in the truck stops. <laughs> I'm joking. Obviously, she doesn't have to. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's all PG and lovely. Uh, so... Oliver Coleman and Jesse Buckley, you know, they're working together again, this time starring in Wicked Little Letters. So, um, yeah, this is directed by Fiat Sharrock, produced by Graham Broadbent and Peter Kazinin. Um, so it's meant to be based on a true story. Hmm. So uh, Coleman and Buckley play very different neighbours in the seaside town of Little Hampton in the 1920s. The pair come together to solve a mystery. Hmm. Well, I imagine that they will be playing fast and loose with what actually happened. Because, I mean, it doesn't sound mad exciting, you know what I mean? But we'll see. We will see, right? So, um, Sam Claffin, he will be starring in Bagman, right? So, um, yeah, this is from Colm McCaffrey, right? It's a supernatural thriller. So, um, it's written by John Holm. Um, yeah, and it's produced by Marty Bowen and Wick Godfrey, right? Supposedly, it centers on a father who struggles against his deepest inner, um, 
interfere with he, when his childhood monster once again returns to haunt him. Only this time, the fight isn't for himself, it's for his family. Okay. I oh, know, man. I, I mean, it sounds goofy, but it could be good, right? Could be good. Um, so, um, we've also got uh, a couple of other new films, right? Um, there is Clybourne Park, right, which is um, an ad- adaptation of Bruce Norris's award-winning play. Uh, it's going to be starring Sarah Paulson, Anthony Mackie, Martin Freeman, Nick Robinson, Hilary Buck, and Uzi Aduba. Right? So, um, yeah, it deals with race and real estate in America and serves as a spin off of um, Lorraine Hansberry's classic play. A Raisin in the Sun. It's going to be directed by Pam McKinnon. Um, and then there is Providence, right, which stars Lily James, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Hamish Patel, Tim Blake Nelson, Simon Rex, Nina Ardana, Jim Gaffigan, Jose Marie Yazpik, Joey Lauren Adams, and um, Uzo again, right? Uh, so Michael Vuk Adinvich writes the script, and it focuses on a group of citizens living in an idyllic island town whose utopian facade comes crashing down when a brutal murder takes place, sending shockwaves through the community. Dum, 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 dum. Uh, so, coming off the uh, back of Reacher, Alan Richman, Richson, Richson? Um, yeah, he is joined... Fast X, you know, it sounds kind of late to be joining because the film has already started. Actually, they haven't even got a new director, but yeah, he, he's joining the the cast. All right, so uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any word on you know his role in the film. You know, um, I think it sounds like Louis Letterer is maybe going to direct, but I don't think anything's confirmed. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Now, you know, it's kind of crazy. What feels mad crazy is uh, <laughs> Rob Rayner is coming back for a sequel to his classic 1984 hit, Spinal Tap, right? So, um, yeah, this sequel is being called, originally, It's Spinal Tap 2. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he, he'll be directing and he will be um, 
resuming his role as Amati Dibergi, the um, filmmaker in the piece. Um, also back will be Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Christopher Guest. Um, Tony Hendra is joining as the band's manager, Ian Faith. No, no, he's not. He died. Hmm. So, yeah, he, he this one, he's uh, it's about his widow. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. I mean, maybe it will work, right? Who the fuck knows? It, it's kind of crazy. I, I mean, was not expecting a sequel to that one. You know, it could be good, or it could just mean that the ideas are drying up. Who the fuck knows? But we will find out, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's going to be screening at Cannes. Hmm. I feel? I don't know. We'll see what the fuck happens. Um, so, uh, What's his name? Alexander Skarsgård, right? Alexander Skarsgård and Dane Dahan are um, starring in The Tiger. This is from Myroslav Slaboskowski, right? Um, it's actually based on a true story, um, which is from the book uh, of the same name by John Valiant. Right, so it's about snowy Far East Russia in the late 1900s. Right, Skarsgård plays the leader of a group of men tasked with protecting the endangered cats from poachers and loggers. His sense of duty is tested when he's charged with hunting down and exterminating a tiger that killed a poacher in self-defense. And Dahan will be playing um, Kanchuga, a young environmental scientist and newest member of um, Skarsgård's team. So uh, it's being produced by Darren Aronofsky. Okay, so um, yeah, another you know surprising uh, move, right? So um, a simple flavor, a simple flavor. Yeah, god damn it, I can't speak, people. A simple favor, right? It was a Paul Fig film dropped in 2018, and it I really enjoyed the hell out of it, right? Um, it's getting a sequel. Yeah, it is getting a sequel, which um surprising, right? Now, I feel it was um pretty popular film, did okay, right? Um, so, yeah, Fag is coming back to uh, direct the sequel. Uh, Laura Fisher will be producing. Jessica Sharzuza is writing... And she will also executive produce. So, uh, yeah, I think Kendrick and Henry Golding are coming back. So, 
C hopefully it lives up to uh, the first film. You know what I mean? Um, now, Richard Linklater is a new film coming, and I do love a Linklater film, right? It's called Hitman. Um, it's going to be starring Glenn Powell, who also co-wrote the film with Linklater, right? Um, now, Powell will be playing a Houston cop who has been working undercover as the most in-demand hitman for hire in the city. One day, he breaks protocol to help a desperate woman trying to escape an abusive boyfriend. Dum, 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 dum. And this woman is going to be played by Adria Arjuna. So, uh, yeah. You know, as I said, man, I, I do love a link later film. So, hey, I'm down. I am down. Now, June killed it last year, right? Now, we know the second part is coming. We're going to have to wait another year for it, but it's coming. And, you know, there was characters we didn't see. But they will be turning up. And one of those characters was the Emperor. So, uh, yeah, word is that Christopher Walken will be playing Shaddam the Fourth. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's not bad at all, man. That's not bad at all, right? You can definitely see Walken in that role so yeah god damn if you couldn't look forward to that film enough right now uh, another so i wasn't expecting it but i'm happy it's coming i'm happy it's coming right because um she when did it drop i feel it dropped in 2019 right it was um, a film called Polar, right? Rocked on Netflix. We had Mads Mikkelsen as um, Duncan Avizla, you know, the Black Kaiser, Hitman. It was, I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. Supposedly, it wasn't a huge hit. I think that's kind of crazy because it's so much better than some of the garbage that is out there. But, uh, yeah, it was based on um, some graphic novels. Um, who wrote the graphic novels? Ugh, I cannot remember. Oh, that's it. It's, um, oh, fuck, what's it? Uh, Santos. Yeah, Santos, right? Um, yeah. He, he uh, yeah, he wrote the graphic novels, right? I, I, the film actually started with Vanessa Hodgins, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, Matt Lucas, Johnny Knoxville, Richard Dreyfus, Catherine Winnick. It was great. It was great. Um, Victor Santos, yeah, he wrote the comic books. But, uh, yeah, the, the, it's getting another one. It's getting another film right now. They're saying that it's not going to be a sequel per se, rather than a new take, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But as I said, look, there's, uh, 
four four graphic novels. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm sure they're gonna use bits and bobs and all of that jazz. But yeah, I'm down. Um, supposedly it's written by um, Mickelson and Jason Rothwell. So uh, yeah, we will see. We will see. And let's end on this because yo, the Gray Man. Right, it's uh, gonna be a huge film for Netflix. They are dropping k -k -k cash on that one, starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. It is uh, based on the um, the book series from. Uh... Oh fuck! Who wrote the fucking books? I read the books. I read the books, and I cannot remember. Shit. Oh man, my memory is so fucking gentry. I think it's gentry, gentry. I don't even know. I forget. Anyway, Joe and Anthony Russo are, um, yeah, they're directing, and supposedly, right, hasn't dropped yet. It's dropping this year, but they are already planning a prequel and a sequel. You know. So the sequel, so the prequel will be um, following Chris Evans' character. And the sequel is going to be, you know what I mean, uh, just a sequel going along the line to the books. But, uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down, man. That sounds kind of, that sounds kind of fly. You know what I mean? Because the books are free. The books are fun. The books are definitely fun. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, let's see what but people, that's it. We are done. Um, yeah, for our 200th episode, got a little something fun, something uh, you know, I mean, I've been meaning to drop it for a while, so yeah, I think it all lines up though nicely. So keep an eye out for that one, people, for sure. But yeah, enjoy your film watching. And we will see you next time. Up, up, up.